What is up, guys? Almost two years later, I finally got a little bit of a bug in me to be able to come up here and do another podcast. I've actually had this little sticky note sitting on my computer, like tagged up against the bottom corner of my screen to record a podcast with my microphone sitting here for, God, far too long. But to be honest, I'm excited to be back here. It's been two years and a lot of things have changed. Um, Last time I left off, we were still, I think, reopening at that point from the pandemic. That was at the point where we were shut down for the third time. We had gotten our third shutdown where it was, you know, hey, you're going to shut down during the holidays. We don't know when you're going to reopen. And at that point, my mind was just too focused on making sure that the company stayed alive. So I had to abandon some of my thing, my extracurriculars. But here I am back. I'm ready to be able to talk a little bit about this because I'm realizing that I've been having quite the exciting uh, entrepreneurial life lately. And I really need to share this with people because there's a lot of lessons learned in this stuff. Some uh, painful things, some successful things, um, more successful than painful, honestly. And I think that may be boiling down to how you want to perceive the entrepreneurial journey. So quick update for everybody. It's been two years. Uh, so last time we left off, I think I was just coming back from the major injury where I shattered my hip socket, wasn't able to walk, all that stuff. Pretty sure I was still in a wheelchair last time I recorded this. But since then, I've been been able to compete in a tough mutter, I'm running my 5K faster than I ever have in my life, and I'm training for a triathlon right now, working with some of my friends. So um, I'm feeling damn good. Everything I would say is 100% back to normal, and I'm back up ahead of everything. And it feels good to be able to say that. Uh, it was actually just a couple of weeks ago that I had finally exceeded. But when I woke up after surgery and I asked the doctor if I'd ever walk again, he said that he'll be lucky. Or I asked him when I would run again. He said, you're never going to run again. You'll be lucky if you freaking walk. Well, when he said that, immediately in my head, I thought, fuck you. I'm going to run faster than I ever have in, that I ever have in my life. And in that moment, it was actually the mindset of my 5K. Running it, 1947 was my old fastest. And um, just the other day, I did a 1940. So took, man, let's see, it was May of 2020 that I injured myself. So, uh, God, it was uh, two, almost, geez, almost three years, two and a half years or so to be able to uh, get back to that. But long road to recovery, but I'm back to normal. I'm back up and running. Um, so high caliber, I'm quite certain at that point, yep, we would not have... God, we have, wouldn't have even been far at all into our expansion. So we added 25,000 square foot. We uh, opened it up with a bar with 32 taps. Uh, it's got a live music stage now. We decided to add live music, which we're really not sure how that's going to turn out. Um, having concerts every Friday night and like full actual concerts. We got lights. We got this banging sound system. There's a big ass stage. Different bands come in, cycle through. Um, it's cool for us. So worst case scenario, we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, we got our battlefield. Actually, at one point, we called it the Assault Arena, but through an embarrassing award ceremony uh, that we had sponsored, the uh, sponsor had actually accidentally left the red uh, font for editing their program where it said, do we really want to uh, to promote something like this? This just makes me feel uncomfortable, which kind of made us realize maybe we needed to not work on the word assault, and we went with Battlefield. So in there, we had Nerf guns. Uh, they jammed all the time. They were paying the ass to clean up, so now we're running belly- jelly blasters. Um, I mean, lots of learning, lots of change. There's archery tag in there. A bunch of artists got involved in it. I think it was 67 artists. Uh, so we had contests with platforms with local artists where they could win money. And uh, so all the, the football bowling platforms or foaling platforms are all decorated by local artists. Um, we've got 16 axe throwing lanes with projected axe throwing. We hung real freaking trees from the ceiling. 
Uh, Zach, Casey, and I, we went and cut them down at my parents' house, and we threw them in a trailer and drove them there and hung them from the ceiling with with uh, cables. Um, and they actually hold all the leaves. Seems crazy. Everybody was expecting the leaves to fall, but um, I did a little bit of a test, and the nine-month test told me that it would be good forever, which may have been a little brash of a decision, but hey, it's working. So, you know, figure things out, right? Can, tends to be how we do things. But this expansion has gotten us a shitload of attention. Uh, we actually won, we won a ton of awards this year, but we won a regional growth award, which is like you, it's, a, it's basically an award for spending money, but you know, it's investing into the local economy. And uh, you know, we, everything that we do, we do well through local subcontractors, vendors. Um, we don't really bring a whole lot of stuff from outside. So it brings, uh, it's a lot of money we spent. We spent about $1.6 million on that expansion. So that's a big investment into that community. So uh, we were awarded for that. Um, let's see. We also got the Publisher's Choice Awards for Greater Lansing Entrepreneur Awards, um, Established Business of the Year. Business of the Year was the year prior to that. So Established was like, hey, we've been here and we're not going anywhere. Uh, we got the Consumer's Energy Project of the Year, which the prior uh, build, we got runner up on that one. Uh, just got, I think it was last week, the uh, 10 over the next 10 in Lansing. I was just identified as 10 people who are going to do things in the next 10 years. Um, Nominated for, I think at this point, this next week, I'm entre- I'm nominated for Entrepreneur of the Year. Uh, just got done winning the Lansing Dapper Dads Challenge, which is really just a big charity event. Um, we raised $25,000 for Women Working Wonders. Um, just, I mean, tons of awards and accolades. Um, oh yeah, Michigan uh, Top 50 Companies to Watch. That was super cool. I got sent over to this entrepreneurial retreat, uh, the Edward Lowe Foundation. At that, I got to learn... Um, a lot more about my leadership self and uh, kind of figuring out what are the things that I want to do in my entrepreneurial journey and what matters to me and what should I be doing. Um, so a lot of really cool stuff there. During this time, you know, we've still, Zach, Casey, they're still all, all involved in this stuff. Um, we've got uh, Tracy still there. Uh, she's actually helping out with a bunch of the food and beverage. Tyler Kaczynski moved into from uh, his the, the role in the kitchen and he's doing full-time film and social media. Uh, we brought in a uh, marketing director named Jackie. Uh, she came in from Denver, actually relocated here, doing a wonderful job for us, really fits in good with the culture. Um, just a lot of managerial focus has been given towards growing this company more than beyond just the one location. So uh, beginning of this year, I signed uh, with the Land- Grand Rapids Chamber of Commerce to sponsor them to start looking and identifying where in that market we'd like to go. We are going to Grand Rapids. We're going to be going to Grand Rapids a lot sooner than what I had expected, especially given right now the current economy is pending for a recession. They just raised the interest rate one more time. Um, Russia's holding back oil and people are sabotaging the pipeline. So Europe is about to go into, God, I don't know what with heating in this winter. And it's going to be, it's the whole world's economy right now is likely going to be looking at a recession. Um, so going to a second location is a nerve wracking thing. But when I'm out at these uh, other larger companies and see how many locations are opening and growing, it tells me the right decision is to continue growing. Um, So we're going to be working towards the Grand Rapids location now, especially since we're starting to get some legs with combat carding. So on this podcast is actually, I just came back from Florida. Uh, Hurricane Ian was hitting. It was a category four hurricane coming in. So I was supposed to be there until next week. Combat carding officially has its first outside installation, the one outside of high caliber. So the second location is now officially set up and running. Um, it was a nightmare to do. I I don't think I've ever been so stressed in my life. There was times where we just had some just failure after failure. What we expected when we went there was a three-day installation. And uh, all said and done, it took 47 days. 
that was kind of scary. You know, I was under the impression prior to this segment with combat carding was as long as you're persistent and you keep doing your best, you will ultimately ex- succeed. Um, I didn't feel that way after leaving the uh, the installation this last time. Uh, it was we were defeated and didn't even know if we could continue forward. And I I would say even beyond COVID, even deep beyond my injury, it was one of the most stressful experiences of my life because no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't move the needle. Well, a lot of questions came to me of like, at what point do you give up? You know, I've went through that stuff with high caliber back in, uh, actually short, a couple months after my last podcast, I met with somebody and was asking the question of, you know, when should you throw in the towel? What's at what point do you give up? Because we'd been shutting down so many times due to COVID I didn't know if we could actually afford to stay open anymore. Well, that was the question with this one was maybe this isn't a viable product for the market. Maybe nobody wants it. You know, maybe it's there's a reason why nobody else has actually successfully done the immersion level that what we have with this. It's always just, you know, you press a button and it hits somewhere sometime at something. Um, We went a lot further. Our system has changed a lot. We've got targets. We've got fog machines. There's uh, full race control. I mean, it's. It's a very robust system now. It's only going to get more robust. We have a lot of things in development. Uh, So Kevin and I actually drove back yesterday. Uh, Hurricane Ian was coming in. We were told that we might as well just get out of there. So I'll be going back there next weekend to make sure that everything's all good to go. Um, But right now, as it sits, everything's going well with that company, and we're we're getting ready to scale for growth. Uh, We have a huge launch party, so we booked the... uh, uh, Sky Bar over at Andretti Card in Orlando. And we're going to be doing a demo there where uh, we're inviting about 250 track owners to come experience the system at IAPA this year. So we've got this room booked in Florida. I'm sending nearly all my management team down to go through training and education seminars. And they're staying in this house that Jalissa found that is ridiculous. It's got rooms themed like all the Marvel and Disney rooms and stuff. So everybody's going to have a different themed room and just have fun with that. There's a pool in it. There's, I don't know, there, that's going to be a good getaway for the entire team and also get them to see how big this industry is and what we can also be doing. So um, with that, I'm going to be there with Kevin and Hazen and we're going to be showing off the combat carding system. And I'm anticipating that this IAPA is going to be the big explosion for us where we really show what we're capable of doing. Uh, so combat carding is about ready to really grow some legs. <laughs> so as I'm sitting here looking at this and I'm going, okay, I've got another company about ready to take off and going back through that whole process after I've learned what it takes to build a team and scale it and motivate. And now there's a little bit of differences to this versus high caliber. You know, we've got inventories, long lead times, working with manufacturers. So developing a product is very different than developing an entertainment center. Um, but there's a lot of similarities of, you know, the obstacles and how you overcome those obstacles. So it's gonna be interesting to see as I progress through this, what, similarities what things did i learn from and better decisions that i may have i may make in this company and also the new questions that come up that i may learn from that make me evaluate the entertainment industry differently um i have a service industry and then i have a product um so those (laughs) typically have very different focuses and i'm going to be able to take both of those and combine those together and get experience from both aspects and um learn from one another and i'm hoping that i can share that stuff in this podcast with you guys uh, I've always been uh, pretty frank with you guys that like I'm going to make stupid decisions. I'm going to make a lot of wrong mistakes. Um, I don't know if there's a right mistake, I suppose. But yeah, anyways, <laughs> I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. Listen ahead. Don't you know? jump off of my information. But use this as a story to be able to tell you about um, or give you an idea of uh, similarities of things that you go through. I talk to a lot of CEOs and other companies to get an understanding of what ex- what similar experiences they've had. 
to get a good direction of what I should do moving forward in certain circumstances. So hopefully I can provide that for you guys. Um, so right now, you know, inflation's rampant. We have a, you know, pretty much guaranteed worldwide, uh, uh, recession happening. Um, we are about to scale another company and grow that. And then also I am facing a potential legal obstacle of uh, patent infringement. So that will be an interesting one to learn through as well. Um, as we sit, we're in a good place. It's pretty much impossible for the guy to be able to do anything against me. But at the end of the day, he can make make my days frustrating and you know take my time. So I've got to be looking at this as a proactive way of what should I be doing? How how much effort and attention do I want to put to this? And then also at the same time, try to quell my ego because there's a component of this that just makes me want to crush this guy for being an asshole because really what he's doing is he's just got a piece of paper that he's using to for extortion. And honestly, the type of person I am, I would rather spend all the money crushing him for being a piece of shit than actually just saying, here's the money, go away, and doing what the logical business decision is. We'll see what happens with it. I'll keep you guys abreast as that goes forward. So beyond this announcement that I'm coming back, I wanted to share to you, there's been in the last couple months, there's been a lot of learning for me. So um, I took a sabbatical back in, I think July, took 30 days off and focused on launching the combat carding system over at uh, a second installation in Florida. Um, during that time, I had a lot of things that reaffirmed to me that maybe I was not thinking right about what my job and what my responsibilities are. So for many of you that worked with me, you know that I'm going to be side by side with you in the trenches doing things, getting to work. Um, what I'm realizing is, is that's no longer where I belong. So I was at this installation and working with a lot of the employees. And when things were falling short, they weren't doing, they weren't getting done what they were supposed to get done. I mean, don't get me wrong. These employees were busting their asses, but when they weren't getting done what they were supposed to get done, I was quick to try to jump in and help out. And multiple times I was scolded and reprimanded for this. And they're like, that is not your job. Do not do that. You're taking away their response from what they're responsible for. If you keep doing that for them, it was a really weird transition for me. Cause it's like, yeah, but they're busting their ass. Like I'm just standing here. Why wouldn't I just help out? Well, I had several times where this kind of kept coming back and slapping me in the face. So one of the times I had a, uh, the, well, actually, you know, I'll share that time for the very end that kind of tied it all together. But one of the first times I met the general manager of this facility, I asked him, what is your day to day job? Cause my curiosity was, you know, what does another company's general manager do? What, you know, is, am I having Zach do what he's supposed to be doing? And the guy looks at me and says, I'm a general manager. I said, yeah. So what's your day to day? He goes, manage generally. And I go, but what do you day do day to day? Like, what are your actions? He goes, general management. And I was like, okay, you're not helping me here. He goes, I manage people. I am a very high paid finger pointer. I walk around and I say, do this, change that, move forward with this knowing that the next day I'm going to have to do that exact same thing about the exact same shit. Maybe not the next day, but it's going to happen again. My job is to point fingers, not to do. I thought, wow, what a wonderful way to consider the, uh, you know, be proactively considering accountability. I think most people struggle with accountability because we feel like, you know, we're kind of being assholes telling people what to do or whatever. We want to, we want to do it side by side, but at the end of the day, we're holding people accountable to do the things that they're supposed to do. You know, there's a lot of you listening to this podcast are probably self-accountable. You know, you're showing at the gym, up at the gym, you know, you're cleaning up after yourself. You're doing the dirty things that need to be done that nobody else will just do. Um, not everybody is like that. And recognizing that that was his role 
made it a lot easier for me to recognize that maybe that's the things I should be doing more. So during this installation, I'm the mechanic. And you know, I'm the mechanic, I'm the CFO, sales, marketing, um, management, project management, sourcing, you name it. Um, pretty much everything outside of software is what my job is. Well, we were having a lot of problems, a lot of problems. And I can speculate on all those things, but um, at the end of the day, we don't have those problems anymore. The hardware was working right, and it was a constant, okay, we got to rip this wiring harness down and now connect in this way. Okay, now we have to reroute this harness this way. Okay, now we got to remount this board this way, or this board was defective. This Try it with this board. No, it wasn't defective board. Switch it back to this. It was hundreds of hours of just grueling physical labor. Um, it was. This is not an exaggeration. It was 16 hours a day of nonstop going. You could wring your shirt out with sweat was what it was during the 30 days that I was, I was there for two weeks, left for five days, went back for a week. I don't know, something like that. But anyways, Kevin was there for the full 30 days. I lost 18 pounds, which I didn't have 18 pounds to lose. I was trim after that. Kevin lost 40 pounds, 40 pounds in 30 days because we were working so freaking hard. We didn't even have time to eat. That's how busy this was. Well, nobody was watching. Nobody was managing. You know, it's easy when you're standing back and you're looking at the field and you can say, we'll do this, change this. Why aren't you doing this over and over and see these things off from the distance? But I was never able to see those things because I was in the goddamn fight. I was constantly working. So I'm talking to the director of this carding operation and he's like, you have not been honest with me about a launch date of this product in the last two weeks, which I got emotional. Honestly, I was pissed. I said, well, you think I've been fucking posturing with you? I've been telling you every single day where we are, what we're doing. And every day I thought we were there, we were going to launch. We just faced another obstacle, which is absolutely true. Every day we thought we were one more thing away from being able to launch. We'd get that thing fixed and there it is again. And it was to the point where Kevin and I, we sat there, I don't know, three weeks deep. And we looked at each other and we were like, this isn't working. And he and I were just so pissed. We weren't even mad at each other, but we were just pissed. And so we went back to the room. It was about 4.30 in the afternoon. And I was like, okay. This was after I got the criticism that I wasn't honest with the guy. And I said, what do we know? And I wrote down on a piece of paper. And here's the things that we have wrong. And there were seven big things that weren't working. So it was like radio frequency not working, Wi-Fi not working. I mean, it was just a litany of problems. And they were all, any one of them would take it, make it to where you couldn't launch. And we knew that there was probably one underlying problem that tied all those things together, but we tried damn near everything. So we're writing out all the things that we tried and we go over and we say, okay, what haven't we tried? What options do we have? And we were able to come up with one thing. And it's funny, I was making spaghetti during this time and I wrote on a piece of paper, if this one thing does not work, we're closing the company. Now, mind you, Kevin and I at this point have three years into the company and probably $1.5 million or so into it. Just so many times, so much time and resources into it. And we both signed that piece of paper saying, yep, this is it. One last Hail Mary. So we went, uh, we, we ate our food, we ate our spaghetti with broccoli and it. it was kind of a, we, we were eating some pretty weird shit because it was whatever was quick and easy and gave us the nutrition we needed. And actually, Kevin went and took a nap. 
I started seeking for uh, another solution. Like, okay, if we can't do this, who could do it? You know, there are professionals we can bring in. Like, trying to build contingency plans for it. I didn't have confidence that what we were going to do was actually going to make the system operate properly. So we get in the vehicle a couple hours later, and we go down there, and we try everything out, and sure as shit, we fire it up, and nothing works. Didn't change it at all. And I walked over. I went, well, I guess we're fired, and I hit the fire button on the go-kart. I can't make this shit up. And just all of a sudden, it fired. It shot, which was one of the issues we couldn't get to work. And he and I just kind of looked at each other because the screen wasn't showing anything and went, wait, why did that just work? And so we started working backwards from it. And at one point, Kevin goes, cut the wires connecting the go-kart to the system. Because we're communicating to the front and rear controller through CAN network, which is, uh, long story short, it's uh, two wires that communicate data on it based off of uh, square wave signals. Anyways, so I cut the wires, and our system starts working flawlessly. But it doesn't control speeds of the go-kart. So we're like, okay. We know we can control the speed of the go-kart or have our system work. We Now we need to replace the or with an and. That's all we have left to do. So we started working backwards and we kind of came up to the realization that, you know what, maybe it's a problem with how long our message is. So our message of what to send to the carts was, let's let's say a typical can message is the size of a, a Chevy Silverado. Well, it's our can network is Chicago's rush hour traffic you can get into traffic if you got the right time and everything but you're not going to get to choose where you get in and out at it's just going to happen at some point well for speed control we need to happen whenever the fuck we want to get in well the problem was is that our can message was so big it was like trying to merge a semi no a train merging a train into that traffic it just wasn't happening so every time we sent a message it was so much that it just the can system just stopped listening to it we didn't have top priority so we had to change priority and we had to shorten our messages and then after that we started getting the system working but that was i mean weeks of working and we had no idea that it could have been that because we didn't have experience with can you know this is all brand new stuff so you know yes we both agreed if it wasn't that one thing we'd close the company down that one thing led us to figure out what was wrong with it so a couple days later, we got the system pretty well up and operational, but uh, there were some consumer behavior issues. There was a, a blue flashing light that when you could, uh, when it got the speed or the, the system was booted up, it was looking for a speed command. Well, our system wasn't generating a speed command yet. So if you press the drive button next to the blue flashing light at that point, it would air the card out and cause you to have to power cycle it, which would cause our system to have to power cycle, which was a minute and a half long. Well, when you're running back-to-back race cycles over and over, you don't have a minute and a half to be able to to work with. So it really wasn't anything that was wrong with our system. It was something that was a customer mannerisms that, I mean, it's crazy. There's like, oh, blinking light. I'm going to press the button next to it immediately. It was over and over. And we had these kids that were doing it. And we'd tell them, hey, don't press any buttons. And they would press buttons because kids are sometimes assholes. Um, so anyways, we had to rewrite some some uh, the vehicle control language and some of our software to fix some things. So the, the company that we were installing for came over and uh, they were like, hey, we love this system, but there's these, obviously these things are not anything wrong with your system. Everything's working fine on that, but we need to get these to go away because they're going to be a problem in the business. So can, why don't you guys go home, go spend a week or two or whatever, get this stuff together, come back. We'll launch at that point when you have it all together. Uh, so we left. Leaving, we left feeling pretty good. Hey, it's functional. We're at least there. 
Now we just got to improve the system. So we started working on that system over the course of a month and a half. Um, and we went back just, oh man, two weeks ago, I think it was roughly. And we installed all that stuff and had to work through a bunch of the headaches and issues with that. And um, everything seemed like it was working well. Well, we were also sponsoring the American Electric Cart Championship um, over in Jacksonville, Florida. So I had to go ho- go meet with the owners and presentations and stuff at that. So I left Hazen behind to do the training and everything on Saturday. They had been running the system, uh, I think it was Thursday, Friday, all day, no issues. But Saturday morning, Hazen goes up there and says, hey, guys, I'm here to train you on the system. They said, all right, well, we already know about it. And he's like, oh, cool. Then I guess I don't worry about it. And he left. Big mistake, Okay. I did not do a good job of teaching Hazen that you need to be on site. You've got to be right there. You've got to be hands-on with it, even when they say that they know it. So as Saturday progressed, things kind of blew up in our face. They they started running behind on races, and they didn't know exactly what to do with the system. So they started trying to figure things out, which slowed things down even further because they made mistakes, which made them run further behind. So stress, with and then it coupled with something unfamiliar that was new and more complicated, they just started ripping wires out, trying to get back to the old system, just you know, scratching at the walls, trying to get out. And that ended up being where it looked like it was a major failure on, uh, on our half. So I get there about an hour after all this happens. We start listening, talking to people, figuring out what happens and whatnot, and realize that it was my fault. I didn't point the finger. And it was because I had come back and I was back in that manage. I wasn't in that management mode. I was still in the individual contributor mode. And it just keeps showing me that you need somebody who's paying attention to everything going on and is clear-headed. I was too much involved in the day-to-day stuff that I couldn't work on the business. I was working in the business and it caused problems. So we did a bunch of changing, redid a wiring harness to overcome one of this, this certain issue that you know would help prevent problems from happening. It wasn't a problem until it became a problem. If they allowed it to do something, uh, then it became a major issue. Um, if, and it was basically if they, ran, if they stopped the rhythm that I gave them. Uh, So Sunday, I spent the whole day teaching, training, and then identifying what their customer flow was and what the ideal new customer flow should be. And we had zero problems all day Sunday, all day Monday, all day Tuesday, no problems at all running our system. Everything's great. It was a lack of training. We really didn't change a whole lot of stuff. Now, there's a few things that we're still going to change to be able to make it work even better. But at the end of the day, everything is up and fully functional. But it taught me that I need to learn to point that finger and then be okay with standing back and watching, not doing. I need a clear head. I can't constantly be looking for the next thing that's going to come up and the next thing that's going to pop up because I'm doing that. I need to do that from a higher level. If I have, my guys are getting flanked on one side of the field. I need to be able to see that. If I am with them, I can't fucking see that. It's exact same thing in business. It's so hard to step out of it and say, I'm not going to do this. I need the people that are there to do this and let them do it. You got to teach them. You got to set them up. It's a lot of work to get ahead of that and have them set up for it. But we've done this at high caliber now. I came back and I shared the story of the finger pointing. I don't know. This is if if it's Zach or Casey, this is probably their 470th time listening to this story. But it was impactful for me. The big one that drove it home for me was when I was watching the track operate and somebody had spun out on the track and I looked over at the track marshal and they were working with the system on the other side of the track focused over there. And I went, I said, hit stop. And I stepped over the barriers to go help fix things. And the director of carding grabbed me by the shirt and kicked me and said, fucking stop it. That's not your job. And I was kind of irritated by it. He's like, if you keep doing this, 
You're never going to teach them of how they're going to handle what they're supposed to be in charge of doing. Their job is entirely possible for them to do. We do not put people on jobs and have too much work for them to do. They are capable of handling this. You need to be monitoring for things that only you can solve and staying in your lane. And I was like, man, I guess I got a lot to learn on this one. He goes, yeah, in combat and in high caliber because he knows high caliber as well. And that hit like shit. Yeah, you know, I've got a lot of people on my team and a lot of times I'm not even asking people to do stuff because I feel bad asking. It's like, oh, they must be busy. I can just do this. And it's made it to where I've been overwhelmed and nobody on my team wants that. And nobody on my team, they they would all be supportive to prevent that from happening because I need to have a clear head. I need to know what's coming next. What are the things that we need to do? What are our biggest obstacles? And when somebody comes to me and says, hey, Jordan, blah, 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 they should be able to give me the information about the situation enough about the day-to-day operations of it for me to be able to make a disconnected third-party decision of how to proceed forward based off of the information that they give me. It's trust, but verify. So Hazen, I trusted him. I never verified. I said, all right, cool. Here's how I teach. I, sh- I let him see, watch me teach and said, all right, now you do it. And I left, physically left. Two and a half hours away. That was stupid. So right now, the company that we installed with, they're not feeling certain about the system because on their busiest day, it failed in their eyes. Um, and that was, you know, they, they see it as, okay, well, when it gets really high demand, that's where your problems start to show up. It's not really the case and we know it. So this weekend, they're going to run it themselves. We're not sure how busy they're going to be. So uh, Hurricane Ian is right now hitting into Orlando. That's where they're at. Um, they're shut down yesterday and today they'll probably be back open tomorrow is what the expectation is and everybody that evacuated probably evacuated to orlando so we may see that they all go go karting and entertainment and like spending money and stuff um or it could be you know there's flooding and there's roads that are closed and stuff like that and people can't physically get to the facility so we don't know what this saturday will be so i drove home with kevin and i'm going to fly down there on friday of next week uh to be able to oversee it for the weekend and just prove evidence that it works. Uh, it'll give us an opportunity also to uh, test out remote support with Kevin being here in Michigan. And if anything comes up, then I can call him and I can work through that stuff. So better to work through me and make it stressful on me than one of his empl- one of the employees at the installation site. So it was a ton of different stuff going on at once. I mean, we had um, the Dapper Dads uh, thing was a huge amount of attention, raising $25,000 for that. We had our Meridian Motor Fest car show. We're prepping for the American Electric Cart Championship. We're getting ready for the Andretti installation. I mean, there was just so many things going on that um, I brought Casey into my t- on, onto my team and, uh, well, to, to combat during that time. I was like, dude, do me a favor and let's just let's just vision board out the next 18 months. Like, We're going to just put this all into a timeline and what it looks like and write everything out. And we went through and we built all the pieces and laid it all out. I was like, oh, holy shit, there's a lot of work to be done. But I was able to see the direction of where we were going. And that made things a whole lot more clear. You know, it's like when you know what the worst case scenario is of something, you're a little more acceptable to the situation. So we went through, okay, what if this happens? What are we going to do? And built contingency plans on stuff and talked it all through. And there was a lot more development. We weren't able to finalize all of that stuff because there was a lot of things that we had to still yet figure out. We just kind of recognized it in that moment. Um, but it was an extremely productive meeting and you know planning session. And that's what my job is. My job is to point, to get people to do what they're supposed to do and step away so I can focus on what does the next 18 months look like? Because I can tell you there's not a lot of people on our team that's looking at that. We may have a, a few people on our team that are looking two, three months out maybe. Um, 
and I'm tr- and I'm working actively on getting the entire team to see longer term than that. I don't need, I suppose, not the entire team. I don't need the entire team looking 18 months out. I need some people paying attention today. Um, but Zach and Casey are, you know, they're side by side with me. We need to be looking longer term than that. So where we sit right now is we hired in a bunch of people to be our attractions leads. So they're in charge of the axe throwing and the rage room and stuff. And uh, they source and they get all those materials and they maintain and manage all those different places. The whole purpose of that is to make it so that Zach, Casey, and I are able to be removed from the business and go open up a second location while High Caliber and Okemos can continue to operate. During this time, I also have to be able to be removed from that part of it of growing a second location. So I need to rely on Casey and Zach by a ton so that when I step away while we're doing that second location build, they can continue that, that growing that. So hiring the people, finding the right materials, coordinating the contractors and stuff like it's a lot of work. It's not impossible. You know, I, I did it in the first one and, um, I'm confident Casey can do it. He's, he's got a good eye for attention and he'll reach out to me and I'll capture the 20% of things that he doesn't feel comfortable making the decision on. But those 80% of like, how high do you want to have the outlets? He can make those decisions and those come up a lot and they can be overwhelming. Um, so if we split and divide and conquer, it should be good for both of us. I'll grow combat carding, keep adding to the team, keep adding to the sales, making it a more stable, uh, product and growing it out in the market. Um, fighting any legal battles, funding it, getting investing, all of those things are going to be what are my focuses rather than what is the day-to-day and what, running a wiring harness on a go-kart. And so for those of you that are leaders of leaders, remember that. Remember that your job is to point the finger. It's to help them see the things that need to be seen. You know, give the, it, you know that doesn't mean don't give accolades. That doesn't mean don't be a friend. That doesn't mean don't help them when they need help. Your job is to fucking remove obstacles they cannot remove. That's it. Me fixing a go-kart that was spun out was not an obstacle that that person couldn't remove. Constantly remind yourself of what are your priorities, and it's okay to not do because pretty soon you're gonna, and they're not going to be there doing it for you because that's why you're in the position you're in. It does lead to a little bit of siloing, but you'll figure out how to manage it. But guys, hopefully this has been helpful. Uh, I'm going to try to keep chronicling the stories. I'm really not going to commit to any certain how many podcasts per week and everything beforehand. I was like, oh, I have to do like one a month and a ha- or one a week and then it was one a month and how many I wanted to do. And honestly, I'm going to do it when I feel like I have something to say. But honestly, with what's going on right now with the business and where we're at with uh, our growth uh, and where the economy and everything is, I think there's going to be a lot going on. So stay tuned. Uh, share this podcast with your friends if you enjoy it. I don't really care. This is really out there just for that one person that may listen to it and say, you know what? This made a difference. It's the only reason why I'm chronicling this stuff. So Uh, sharing it will help that possibility happen. But um, other than that, guys, thanks for listening. I'm looking forward to many, many more episodes with you. See ya.